I wound up at Dayspring on a life path because I chose not to go to law school. I chose to go in the recording studio. And life took one trajectory instead of another. I go to law school, I probably never come to Blacksburg, I'm never at Dayspring, I never meet Joanna. Jason never exists. There's a point of decision for everybody that creates the opportunity to intersect with someone else. And all of that is fragile. And all of that is grace, too. Welcome back to the Become a Provider podcast. I'm your host, Justin Thomas, and this is a unique episode where I invite my very first guest back, Coach Doug Hampton of Dayspring Christian Academy, my alma mater, to talk about a new experiment that we're doing, taking the C.L. Thomas Fellowship experience, training and guiding and encouraging others to become a better provider, and we're doing that in the high school context. We've just created an elective course that's just started, and we thought, let's take a pause, reflect on this journey, and share it with everyone. Enjoy this conversation with Coach Doug Hampton and the news that we are taking the fellowship experience and crafting it in a new way for others. Welcome to the Become a Provider podcast, a show about how people bless and protect others and how you can do the same. I'm your host, Justin Thomas. Let's begin. For the first time ever, we have a return guest to the podcast, and it's our first guest, Coach Doug Hampton. And the reason that I pulled this together, and thank you, Coach, for being willing to do this, is because we're trying an experiment. So that's why I thought it'd be a great time to just share with everyone what we're trying to do. Yeah, we're setting up a a class, an elective class during the mid-semester at Dayspring Christian Academy. We're meeting 10 times, three times before Christmas, seven times after the Christmas break. And in those 10 meetings, we're trying to cover your nine months of your, your fellowship's usual schedule, which gives us enough time to go through the nine basic meetings and then have, have a wrap-up at the end. We got seven kids participating, and they're pretty stoked to do this. We've met twice so far, and uh, they're pretty into it. I love the challenge of taking a nine-month program to say, yeah, let's just do it in nine or ten weeks. <laughs> so thanks for the opportunity. Well, cool. I'm excited to be, to be part of this. I, I think it's going to be great for these kids. They're juniors and seniors. They're getting ready for, you know, pretty big life paradigm shift as they, they leave their homes and they, they go to college, and they're going to be responsible for taking care of themselves at a whole new level. And all the relationships are going to alter as well. And so being tooled to be a provider, which as you know, when we talked about it in the very first podcast, I think it's, it's just another word for discipler. It's just a little more specific word. I, I think it's really important for them. So it's fun to collaborate with you on this idea. And you've had some really good insights that I wanted to reflect on. One was you said, hey, Justin, I think it's important for you to do a chapel to meet the students. And you've been in education now for 25 years. And so what made you suggest that? And it was a brilliant idea, by the way, but just what in your gut said, hey, this is important for you to get in front of these kids? In my experience, young folks listen much better to someone who has skin in the game. If the only relationship you have with them is when you show up to teach them, you haven't made any investment prior to that, I think you have a heart to clear. You don't want to just show up and be the teacher. You want to demonstrate you have skin in the game. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's what kids care about. And the, when we got together the first podcast, I remember, remember I told you that story about me asking him that when I knew the team would be good. You know, he, well, he asked me that first. And I said, you know, when I saw the way you guys played, I knew we could be good. And then I, when I reversed the question on him, he said, when you showed up the second year. So for the last 24 years, I've carried showing up when somebody thinks you don't have to and showing you've got some skin in the game makes a big difference. 
to be honest with you, I think we would have only had five kids in the class instead of seven if you hadn't done the chapel. It was a good way of trying to connect with them, right? And then get a sense of what in the, what in the world is this new elective course that we're just making up? Like we're, you know, we're, we're co-creating this experience. And sometimes you have to ask people to trust you to say, hey, we haven't done this before, but give us a shot. We think this might be worth your time. And, and Seven fortunately said yes. And I'm glad to hear that you thought we pulled a couple more in based on the chapel service. Yeah. And the beard didn't hurt. The beard didn't hurt. <laughs> Well, hopefully they get my genuine desire to do this because it is really fun and it's a great challenge, right? Because instead of meeting with them once a month for a long period of time and having some relationship beforehand, it's getting in front of them and condensing this down and still making it very action oriented. So we've done a couple classes together and I got so excited about it. That's why I wanted to have a conversation to like document this time. This is a worthwhile experiment. And as I mentioned to you earlier, what I'm really excited about is because it challenges the traditional thinking of, well, do we really need to talk about being a provider to high school students? Do we really need to talk to them about blessing, protecting others until they get to be into a different stage or phase of their life with, you know, more in that parenthood stage? And I just love the challenge. And I love to hear how they're really interested in exploring this idea. And during our first class, that's the question we asked them was, what motivated you to be here? And a lot of it was relationship driven from you putting their faith that this would be worthwhile because he said it would be. And the theme was they were just curious. Yeah. And you captured them right at the beginning when you said, in, in life, we have to make changes at times. And life is about change. But facts won't drive us to change. Only relationships will. Once you had left the Zoom and we talked about it, you know, they caught the relationship angle and they believe in the relationship angle. Of course, they get a little inundated with that at, at day spring. That's right. You do a good job of having that as a theme, regardless if it's our elective course and being a provider or a Bible class or just a gym class. And so another way that you've introduced the relationship practically was you suggested another great idea, which was to offer each of the students a one-to-one time, just have that available to them. What was, yeah, what was your thought behind that and the strategy behind it? I thought that was just an excellent idea as well. Well, my thought behind that is you. I never leave a text message stream or a conversation or physical encounter or get together with you and don't just feel encouraged about life, about relationships, about God about, you know, whatever it is. You're just one of those folks that, you know, brings an energy into the room when you come into the room. And I think, again, if they see your willingness to interact with them, you know, one-on-one, and of course, the beautiful thing about this is technology allows us to do this. It would be completely unwise of their parents and completely unwise of them and completely unwise of me and you to set this up if it couldn't be done in a Zoom situation, because we don't want them meeting you at Starbucks one-on-one when all they know of you is two classes you've done and a chapel. This day and age, that's completely inappropriate. But to be able to Zoom in with you while they're in their living room, their parents can be in the background or in the next room or and listen in and, and whatever else. That's, that's all cool and safe. And at the same time, you get to make that investment to, with, with them. They see, you know, hey, he's not just about doing a class. He's not about just about doing a program. He's about getting to know me. And so I, th- I think both sides of that is, you know, is, is really cool for the kids to know you're about getting to know them and to see that that's real, see that that's genuine, see that that's legitimate. And then the second side of that is, you know, just to see the investment and who you are. I think once you have the one-on-one with these kids, you will have more buy-in to what goes on in January than you're having with what goes on in December. Well, I'm excited. And so that's why I wanted to connect to say this is fun to see 
the seeds be planted with some of the recommendations that you made about being on site at the chapel and then offering the one-to-ones and having a couple classes. And so far, we've gone over the provider wheel and done some introductions. And then today, we we started our first time of diving a little bit deeper into the one of the characteristics, which was to be known. And I'd love to hear the conversation that you had with them afterwards. Well, the conversation afterwards talked about what an amazing way and what a fragile way your mom and dad met. I mean, the likelihood of you and your siblings existing based on how your mom and dad met are astronomical, unless God's in that somewhere. And they all saw that. But where we went in conversation after you left the Zoom today was the fact that every single relationship is that fragile. Maybe not as dramatically fragile and as crazy, miraculous as your mom and dad. Well, I'm going to say your mom primarily. <laughs> yeah, let's um, give her credit. But, you know, everything's, everything's about choices. I mean, Joanna, I met Joanna because I came to Dayspring. I wound up at Dayspring on a life path because I chose not to go to law school. I chose to go in the recording studio. And life took one trajectory instead of another. I go to law school. I probably never come to Blacksburg. I'm never at Dayspring. I never meet Joanna. Jason never exists. There's a point of decision for everybody that creates the opportunity to intersect with someone else. And all of that is fragile. And all of that is grace, too. And each set of parents that was represented by those seven kids in that room, when they get to know their parents' story, and they get to know enough of the background, they're going to know, man, if dad had chosen this school instead of that school, if dad had taken this job instead of that job, if mom had done X instead of Y, everything changes. That'd be so fun for them to dive a little bit deeper into their parents' story because the impression that I got was they felt like, I know my parents' story and my parents are really open. And that may be true. And at the same time, they can still be pleasantly surprised. Until you sat down with your dad in February that year, um, wouldn't you have said the same thing? You're right. Yeah. You think, oh, of course. Of course I know. I can see where they're coming from. And I'm really excited. And I hope that they take that next step, which was what we encourage them to do. In today's class, which was be intentional, reach out to your parents and say, I'd love to learn more about your story. And as you mentioned, they're about to really have this paradigm shift of going from in the house to out of the house for most of them, right? Like going off to college, making that big transition. You know, the times to connect with them will be fewer. So it'll be really fun to see how they take this challenge. And think about the stakes of them going to college in this era versus when you went to college or when I did. You know, this pandemic has redefined everything about taking care of oneself. Every decision, you know, the decision whether or not to go to a restaurant can have ramifications all of a sudden. Providing for others in a pandemic, wow, aren't the stakes higher? And then the other thing that we've done in just two classes is they met Amy. Yeah, that was another great suggestion you had was to say, hey, let's get Amy as part of this experience uh, because as you appropriately pointed out, Women in the group may enjoy hearing from a fellow female about her perspective. And not only that, Amy's been intentional with leading fellowship groups as well for the last couple of years. And then, you know, Amy is Amy. I mean, the kids are already drawn to her. They were with her for 10 minutes on Zoom. And especially the young ladies, they're pretty excited about when they get to get together with her again. Does she have any idea that you offered her up for one-on-ones with the kids? (laughs) (laughs) It will not come as a surprise to her that I did. We were joking last night. She said, well, of course I'm going to be part of this class because you always drag me into these adventures. Okay. That's good to know. I hope she's getting something nice for Christmas. 
That's a really good point with it. I'm just excited about it. I think that this is, it's a great challenge, as I mentioned, for me to think about how do you go from a, a month to do some activities to just making a big enough impact in a short amount of time, the ultimate goal of changing behaviors. And how do you do that? It's making relationships, like you mentioned, and seeing what happens. And, and I have no idea what will happen. I think that's the exciting part to me as we talk today is we don't know if any of these uh, students in this first ever become provider elective course will make any behavioral changes. And it'll be exciting to see what it's like at the end of this first class. We already know that one of them has already spoken to me about the fact that they need to. You know, the first exercise you had them do on day one, because it was an odd number, I participated in the exercise with one of the kids. And one of the kids said, I'm in this quadrant, and I can't stay there. I've got to move. That was pretty powerful. You're right. Yeah. So we went over the two by two matrix that goes over quadrant are you in and doing a quick self-evaluation of do you feel like you're low in blessing others and low in protecting others? And if so, you're in the selfish quadrant. And for a high school student to just say that to you very honestly is pretty amazing. For me, that's the blessing that is my life being at Dayspring. With you guys, I had that 20 some years ago. And by the grace of God, some of that still exists today, even though I'm older than dirt. Well, you did a great job of relating to them and helping to teach me how to relate to them better so that we can have a successful first class. And I'm, I'm loving it. And that's why I just wanted to take this moment to reflect on it, to say, this is a great challenge. And it'll be fun to see what it's like and hopefully to meet encouragement to everyone. Because like I said, I think, you know, I get a lot from people that are applying for the fellowship groups here. You've got young dads and maybe some aren't fathers yet and, and they're a little bit hesitant to say I'm just not, not in the season of life but I think this might be of use and I love challenging it to say oh well you know after this class I'll be able to say let me introduce you to some high school students that are really made some substantial changes in their life and their mindset uh, blessing protecting others in this season of life and getting a head start so that's what I'm really excited about is getting a chance to hopefully influence and encourage others that are even earlier in their life stage. And you've already you know got me thinking after these, after these two sessions, I think you need to do videos and I think you need to do a workbook and I think you need to explore plugging Become a Provider into church small groups. Yeah, it's encouraging to hear because I think that this experience is helping to illuminate the opportunity to say, here's a fresh way of looking at discipleship, as, as you mentioned at the beginning of our conversation. And if that helps, then let's go for it. That can be on the horizon. I think the opportunity is there, and I think the need is there more than anything else. Fun. Well, thanks for capturing your and both of our initial thoughts of where we are as we launch the, the elective course. Promised it wouldn't take long, and I just want to do a little mini episode with you to capture this, really, because it's just an exciting time to do this with you. Any other reflections about our, our kickoff? I'm interested in seeing what the break is going to do and what we need to give them next Wednesday, because next Wednesday is December 16th. And then we're back together January 13th. Really, it's, a, it's about a four-week break. You're right. And I think that's why I'm excited about giving them a couple initial challenges that might require more time and thought, such as, you know, the challenge today was ask your parents to share their story. And here's a framework so you can get them thinking about it. And that might take some coordination time. And then on Wednesday, the next characteristic trait that we're going to talk about is blessing speaker, encouraging them to actually think about someone in particular to speak a blessing over and to write it down, capture it. So once again, to just demonstrate intentionality in their relationships. Those two seem to be more weighty 
challenges, and I hope that it serves them well during a longer break to think about it and ponder it. Do you think it would be such that we could ask them to pick a specific relationship to speak blessing into and to journal about that over the break? Yeah, it's a great idea. I was going to share with them a couple of intentional blessing speaking moments in my life and to use that as inspiration for them. And I think that's a great idea to say, if nothing else, begin to journal that letter and identify the person, journal that letter and see how far they take it with the ultimate goal of actually speaking this blessing into someone's life. Cool. Okay. And I, and I feel kind of selfish because, you know, I, I thought Amy would work really good bringing her into the class, but then I just wanted to see her too. So <laughs> well, it, was, it was perfect. And then we'll schedule time where we'll be there in person as well. Just great ideas, Coach. This is just a fun, a fun partnership. Very much so. I, I appreciate your willingness to do this. Thank you for listening to this episode. Before you take off, I wanted to ask if you would enjoy getting a short email from me every Wednesday called A Kind Word. It provides a little positivity to help you get over hump day. It's free and shares highlights of things that have brought me joy over the past week. If you want to start getting a kind word from me, simply sign up at justinthomascoaching.com by entering your email address and you'll get the next one. That's justinthomascoaching.com. Thanks again for listening. Bless and protect.